Hey, this is the last Bible study on the Gospel of John uh, after 41 years. That was stupid. After 41 years, actually three and a half years, and, and what's the number on the bottom of yours? 80, number 83. Uh, this one, however, uh, has been one of the most profound in my life personally. Sorry that this table has slept through them all. <laughs> but uh, next week, if you want to get a little out ahead, uh, we're can't believe I'm saying this out loud. We're going to start in First John. Uh, we're going to stay with John for a little bit. First John, just to the end of the year. We're going to go to Colossians in September. I've already started on those. James Montgomery, you think I've done a lot. Eight, uh, Eighty. This is number eighty-three. James Montgomery Boyce, who to me is one of the greatest teachers of the last century, Tenth Presbyterian in Philadelphia, has on the Gospel of John. I, he has seven volumes, uh, each one this thick up on my shelf. James Montgomery Boyce uh, did 270 sermons in the Gospel of John. Quote from him. People ask me, do you find anything new to say about the Gospel of John? In one sense, I can understand this question, for I've certainly covered many subjects and expounded on many lines of thought uh, about this book. But in another sense, I cannot understand their question at all. The more one seeks to understand and expound the text, the more its truly inexhaustible nature is sensed. Is sensed. So these are the last verses. <coughs> this is that disciple. This is that disciple who saw these events and recorded them here. And we all know that his account of these things are accurate. And we all know are accurate. John put down only what he saw. Uh, he validated it through others. It happened like this, right? Then it goes on to make the, the statement. And I suppose if all the other things Jesus did were written down, the whole world could not contain the books. Yeah. In, in John 20, he says this. Jesus' disciples saw him do, do many things, many other miraculous signs because besides the ones recorded in this book. But these are written. Why? Here's the whole point. So that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life. You will have life. So why? Why? God inspired John to write this book, letter A, to introduce people to Christ. That's why so often when a new Christian comes to you, and when Rosemary handed me my first Bible in college, and I'd never had a Bible, and she handed me a Bible, and I said, this is daunting. Where do I begin? She started with the Gospel of John. And she had to show me where it was. And I'm so grateful there was an index in the front. And show me where the Gospel She said, start with the, to introduce people to Christ. Letter B, to start new believers on their journey with Christ. To start new believers on their journey with Christ. But let her see, disciple all believers, all believers in the walk with Christ. Yeah, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So a question, I want to ask a question about uh, John 21, 25. And I suppose if all the other things Jesus did were written down, the whole world could not contain the books. So... Do you think this is an exaggeration? It's just a figure of speech that he said? No. So what is he talking about? What do you think he's talking about? I suppose of all the other things, John, I mean, John's basically saying, 
I've, I've, I've just scratched the surface. I've just talked about what I personally have seen. What do you think he's talking about? Well, the fact that he holds everything together, the very cells, the very breath, the very heartbeat. Yeah. Before I mean, they're written down. Yeah, before there was a world, there was Jesus. Before there was anything, there was Jesus. <coughs> Can I say, and this has been the quest of the last two years here, Megan Staff, look. I want you to look. I believe there's a miracle a day if we're looking in our lives. I want you to look. And it's been fun. It's almost got competitive uh, here. But I, I, but I want you to look around you. Look around you, see what's going on. And, and you know, the, the, the silly printer thing and the, and the gingerbread thing that made this little boy who had just asked his mom, uh, this is the couple living out of the back of their, uh, the, the two little children, and uh, if you pick up our, our family advocate on the way out, you see them in their first bed uh, on the back. It's just like, wow, constant miracles. And when we moved, uh, one in, the final one in yesterday, who uh, I was telling Joe, ironically, my daughter is in a meeting with me. We're going through the radio stuff, and she sees, we have to give all the staff pictures of every single person there so they recognize people walking around the property. We can't have anybody walking around the property who's not either living here or licensed to be here uh, with background checks. Um, and Tori goes, Chrissy, is Chrissy one of them? And I said, how do you know Chrissy? She said, she and I volunteer in the youth at First Baptist. Her son is one of Reuben's best friends. Wow. So we're moving her in. Her, her, it's classic. Their furniture is a disaster. And, uh, and we're, we're trying to give them, we have a lot of furniture, but typically our furniture is too big. Uh, I mean, somebody, I didn't know there was a bed called a Texas King. Uh, bed. Yeah, we couldn't even get it in the bedroom, uh, let alone it's the wrong bed for her. But uh, we had an armoire that, uh, 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 whatever you call shelves, uh, that weren't too big, just about the size of that window, uh, that we didn't take off the big truck because it was too heavy, and we now use the big truck for storage, and it's in there, and we just kept it strapped in when we went up to pick up this woman's furniture. And they saw her, she had a thing there where you put a television and stuff and, and it was a disaster. It's all broken and a disaster. And so they carried ours in instead. Uh, and she said, that's not mine. Well, it is now. <laughs> and watching her just tear up. And we just happened to have it. And we were just too lazy to take it off the truck because it was too heavy to put back on the truck. And wow, Jesus. Yeah. John wants to make sure we understand that whatever we think we know about Christ there's only a fragment, only a fragment of all that he is. Just a mere fragment. I suppose, I suppose that if all the other things Jesus did were written down, the whole world could not contain the books because it's always been. And can I say, this is just what John saw. I mean, we each kind of have a book of what we get to see. We each kind of have a book in our head of how I saw him do this and how I saw him do that. But we've taken him for granted. We've <coughs> taken him for granted. You know, it, it, it's, it's catching the vision that this isn't our destination. Heaven is our destination. And letting go of our stuff. So Rosemary's aunt and uncle, uh, amazing. Uh, uncle Archer, R.A. Torrey III. Um, 
they went, oh, our Ari Torrey Jr. Uh, was Rosemary's grandfather. He uh, was a missionary, and when he was a missionary in China, uh, where Rosemary's mom grew up, he had an accident and lost an arm and came back. And the United States government asked him if he'd go to South Korea because of a war going on and help amputees. And they knew they were sending a missionary. They, 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 they knew they could get him there, and, and so he set up a thing that the government initially funded called Jesus Abbey, how cool is that, and taught uh, vocational skills to amputees. And uh, then his son, Aritori Jr., went over. Well, Aritori III happened to marry a woman very, 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 very wealthy. And they had a home that they left and never went back to, very young. They had a home in Williamsburg that had five fireplaces. Mm -hmm. uh, I went and stayed in it. Uh, it was just sat there, and Rosemary called, can we go up and stay? I, 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 it was unbelievable. And I was walking around the neighborhood uh, just outside of Williamsburg, realizing they walked away from this. And his wife, uh, Mrs. Uh, Aunt, Aunt uh, Jane, uh, was kind of a famous artist and starting to go blind. And she came to stay with us while she was going back and forth to Baskin Palmer and they were working on her and uh, didn't have any insurance or anything. And the Korean community in South Florida discovered that she was here. They all knew her. So when it came time to Rosemary to walk her up to pay her bill, and Rosemary said, I was terrified. She didn't have anything. Baskin Palmer said, this has been paid for by two Korean churches. And Rosemary's crying, and Aunt Jane wasn't surprised. And Aunt Jane, uh, Roby and Tori were a little, little then, and they did something great at school. And when one did something great, we always went for ice cream. And Aunt Jane said, can I go? I haven't had ice cream in decades. I thought, wow. Can I tell you? I can't wait to see the mansion they have today. I mean, I, I'm going to be living in the ghettos. And they have a mansion, and this table's going to have tents. You don't even get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As long as I get a gun. Yeah. 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 John wants to make sure we understand that whatever we think we know about Christ is only a fragment. And you and you said it, Charlie. It's John one one. In the beginning, the Word already existed. Capital W meaning Jesus. He's the Word. We'll see that in a minute. He was in the beginning with God. In case you don't get it, Bob, in case you don't get it, in, in the beginning the word already existed, already existed, and he was with God. He created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. Life itself was in him. And this life gives light to everyone. But although the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him when he came. So the word became flesh and lived here on earth among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son of the Father. And you know, one of the things I love about this is it took him a long time. It just didn't damn all. It took him a long time. Because all in trust and faith doesn't happen overnight. It's, i got to choose this. He created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. Yeah, that's why he referred to himself as the great I am. I am. Plug in whatever you want. I am everything. Everything you could ever imagine. Everything you could ever need. Everything, everything, everything. And this lady uh, from this uh, single mom ministry in, in down in south of Miami, and she was sent up here by a friend, and I, I get 
sad for them when they come up because they pull on the property and they look around and, and then they think, I have answers. I don't have any answers. And she said, and do, you, do you ever get concerned or nervous when the, did the finances ever get down? And I said, oh, yeah. We've been given money to give it away. Uh, right now, we're given money to build and to give it away. Uh, we want to come alongside to pay some tuition, to pay that hotel bill for that mom forever. Uh, and and uh, the one who gets nervous is our CFO uh, when he comes down the hall and says, oh, you, how many, what, during that during Hurricane Irma, how, how many more mom's rents are you going to pay? And I said, why? He says, because payday's Friday, and I'm not sure we're going to make it. And uh, that was in the morning, and you know the story. Somebody, I still don't know who it is, that was told, they, they were told not to tell Bob who, walked in with a check for $50,000 at 4 o'clock. And walking out, and can I just say, I throw those big numbers out a lot. I get notified if $500 comes in. That's a fact. That's big. $500 is big. But watching this happen, and she said, do you ever get nervous? And I said, well, I think I act like I don't get nervous. And then there's times, and I know those times that the angels are looking at Jesus, and they have to be shaking their head. Really? He's been sharing us 46 years, and it's always worked out. And look at him. They think he's, oh, yeah, praise God, it's going to happen. I mean, and we know his heart. Oh, Father, please. <laughs> yeah, he's got you. You're like his only child. He's got you. And I suppose, verse 25, I suppose that if all the other things Jesus did were written down, the whole world could not contain the books. Yeah. He stopped here because, for me anyway, I wrote down some thoughts for me. Uh, there was no need for more. John stopped and didn't put any more in the book. And it's like he's saying, Bob, how much more do you need? There is really no need for more. Um, and I guess another one, it was not possible to write at all. And another one, it was not advisable to write too much. Because we'll get into the detail rather than the reality of who did it. And he only wrote what he personally saw. You know, as a reader, as a listener, I, I have to choose to take this information, look at my information, and you do have to choose. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to heaven. He's got a reason that you're here, or he brings you home. You know, Lily Pacienza, Rob Pacienza, the pastor at, at uh, Coral Ridge, God blessed her. Early diploma, three years old, she went to heaven. And I know we see that as, a, oh, no. She didn't have to take the course anymore. She gets to go. You don't have to go. You get to go. You know, my devos yesterday were in Paul's statement. If I have to live, I'll live for Christ if I get to go. This is Proverbs. Proverbs. Philippians 1. To live is Christ, to die is gain. And one translation says, if I have to live, I'll live for Christ. If I get to go, it's all for me. So you've accepted Christ, you're going to heaven. But then there's the daily trust. I trust you, Lord. And I trust this is the day the Lord has made. You've made this day. So by trusting, I need to be looking around. Who do I need to encourage today? Who do I need to help today? Who do I need to just give a blessing to today? What waitress do I need to go over the top in my tip today? Because <coughs> I don't know what she's dealing with. Yeah, th this whole thing here. Wow. And I suppose if all the other things Jesus did were written down, the whole world cannot contain Because Bob... I, I'm, I'm, I'm writing on your heart every day, son. Yeah, more information will not give you the life you need. Trust in Christ. Trust in Christ will give you the life you need. More information 
It's, I choose. I choose to trust. I choose to trust. And here's something so important, and I should have, this should have been on your outline. We know so little about the magnitude of the love and power of God. We, I, I, we know so little. So little about how much he loves you personally. I mean, really, he wove you together in your mother's womb, it says in Psalm 139. He wired you personally. And then it says your days were written in Psalm 139, before you were. Before you even were, your days were written. Bob, I have a plan for you. I was introduced at a banquet in Chicago by a man as my mentor. His name is Dr. Wendell Hawley. And uh, he's hilarious. Uh, and he said, Bob Barnes, in the introduction, is the most average guy I've ever seen doing great things for Christ. And Bob Barnes and his temperament and personality would only work in South Florida. It certainly wouldn't work in the Midwest. And we go out for coffee afterwards, and I said, that was hilarious. He said, no, I meant every word of it. <laughs> Absolutely. He said, the more I hang out with you, the more I realize, wow, has God, God done a miracle? Uh, here with Sheridan House, and he'd come down and just sit with me for the day and mentor me, and, and, and he's the guy who called and said, uh, uh, I, would you consider writing a book? I happened to be in the audience in Jacksonville, and I said, uh, no, who are you? And he said, I'm Dr. Wendell Hawley, editor-in-chief of Tyndall House Publishers. And he said, would you, he said, I, that talk is a niche talk on single parenting, we don't have anything. There's no, no, no Christian book in America on single parenting right now. Would you write a book? And I said, to be honest with you, Dr. Holly, um, in a graduating class of 1,200 in high school, I was number 588, uh, writing a term paper was a disaster. Uh, he said, well, do this. Write, write a 10-page chapter and send it to me. And I wrote a 10-page chapter and sent it to him and realized I'll never hear from him again. And two weeks later, he says, are oh, you writing the next chapter? I said, you're serious. And he said, yeah, we're fixing things. <laughs> so 20 chapters later, this book comes out. And when I get, I get a package from them, and I thought he sent all my manuscripts back. And it was two books side by side, done. And he said, you need to come up and sign a contract. And we should have done this before, but you're different. Uh, so I said, Dr. Hall just sent it to me. He said, well, what do, you, what do you want as an advance? I said, I don't want an advance. I said, just make it cheap so Sharon House can buy it cheap. He said, well, we're going to, uh, authors get their books for 50% off. We're going to give Sharon House every book they ever buy for a dollar a book. So all of a sudden, four months in, and I had to go through some stay away from the money things myself and not get the money for myself. Um, because the first check that came was $500 and it was made out to me. And I, I, I you know what, I, I, I deserve this, I worked hard. And then uh, Dr. Holly comes to town and most of you know the story and said, why don't you give the money to Sheridan House? Uh, your first year was 500. Uh, and I thought, you know what, you're in. And James Dawson picked it up and ran it for a week and Chuck Swindoll made it book of the month. Uh, and all of a sudden it goes into 11 printings in seven languages and I'm dreading what the check is going to be. It was $110,000 to Sheridan House, and I was making $37,000, and I go to Rosemary, I said, I think I'm gonna change the deal. Um, <laughs> this is true. She said, so you must have found out how many zeros. How many zeros would you compromise your commitment to Christ for? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I am a living example.
living example. We know so little about the magnitude of the love and the power of God. God inspired John, look at these things, remember these things, write these things down. And John, oh, by the way, you're the only disciple that wasn't martyred within a year or two. You're the only disciple that lived into your 90s on that island, writing. Your first assignment from the cross, I said, John, behold your mother, woman, behold your son. In other words, John, take care of my mom. Yeah, he's got you. And the evil one wants you to sit and think, yeah, not me. Yeah, I'm kind of stuck in, in a, you know, not me. Of course you. When we get to heaven and meet the greats, especially the disciples, I'm convinced we're going to go, really? These guys are so average. You know, that's what he wants. Knowing this gospel will help us talk about Christ. Being the gospel draws people to Christ. Being the gospel. And Joe, that's why God has put us at the village tavern with Michael Levine. <coughs> Michael Levine is watching and watching and watching. And uh, honestly, uh, he stands by your table too much. He stands by my table too much. He sits down at your table. He sat down at my table for probably 15 minutes when I'm having a date with my wife and Rosemary Sharon with him. And I, I, it's just, how did you do this? Because I don't know how long it's taken you. It's taken him two years. Once he saw Rosemary and I pray, he didn't go back to the table for months. We overcomplicate it. Our job is just to love him and show him the miracles. And then God will do that. I mean, when I came to Christ and then Rosemary agreed to go out with me, this, she was a freshman. The seniors in the dorm called her to a meeting. What are you doing going out with Bob Barnes? Is that disastrous? That's not funny. Stop. The whole world could not contain the books. The whole world could not contain the books. I love it. In Luke 8, 24, they're in the boat. You know this. And the disciples woke him up shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. So Jesus rebuked the wind and the raging waves. The storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, Where's your faith? And they were filled with awe and amazement. And they said, to one another. Who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? Some of you probably from this table were at the auction in the big tent when the storm was coming from Naples. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had to put the big truck up in front on this side of the tent because it was coming from Naples. And the state's attorney was there. She's a believer. And she comes up and she says, look at this. And it was, it was in the middle of, of Alligator Alley or a little further. And she says, it's coming right out. You need to send these people home. And I can't remember her first time. I said, can you just give us a little time to see what's going to happen? But we literally, even when it was out there, had to put the truck so it didn't blow this monster tent over. And about 15 minutes later, she comes and she says, I can't believe it. Look at this. And I said, I'm looking. What am I seeing? And she said, it, right before it hit I-27, it took a direct left-hand turn and went up north. And she looks at me. She's laughing. She said, what did you do? <laughs> so, well, I just pretty much moved the truck. Um, so, thank you for praying. I'm sure you were praying. Yeah, wow, who is this man who adores you? Knows the plans he has for you. Yeah, Jesus' disciples saw him do many other miracles and signs besides the ones recorded in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. In other words, you don't need any more. You don't need any more. The Gospel of John is written so that we would have life rather than just existence. Yeah, Braveheart. 
Every man dies, but few men live a life worth dying for. Giving it up for. But these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Yeah, six. It's not by knowing the Gospel of John that we receive the life we're meant to live. I receive eternal life by trusting the Savior John writes about. Period. End of story. Yeah, I'm in in uh, college and I take a philosophy course because I'm a brand new Christian my, so my junior year and uh, I, I, I just thought <coughs> the teacher was going to be a Christian. He wasn't. He was a Harvard uh, guy with a PhD and, and his whole life was to disprove the Bible. And then he, he tries to show some facts that it wasn't the Red Sea that they went across. It was the Reed Sea. And he showed us on a map there's a Reed Sea and the Reed Sea is only nine or ten inches uh, uh, deep. And uh, that's how they got across. It was hilarious. So there's a guy, uh, a guy on the football team in the front row said, oh, it's even a greater miracle. And they're looking, and everybody's looking and says, so all the Egyptians drown in nine inches of water? <laughs> became one of my best friends from that point. <laughs> oh. It's not a matter of I get it. It's all about I receive him and trust him. He's too much to get. He's too, big. He's too much to get. You can't get him. He's, he's incredible. Incredible. Yeah, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing him, you will have life. Yeah, you know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. It's not that Michael's ever going to get this. And I, I, people love to come up to me and ask questions that I have no clue. And, you know, they'll come up after church service. Yeah, but how do you, well, how do you explain this? I said, I don't know. No clue. How do you explain God? Are you kidding? No clue. I, and, and I remember one time somebody saying, you're good with that, right? You're good with not being able to. I'm really good with it. I, I don't want to be able to explain God. I don't understand John 3.16. I mean, word became flesh and, and, and oh, how did, What? But for the Jew, the Passover lamb. For the Jew, the, the chosen, God so loved to come through them. And then for Jesus to go to the cross on Passover. The Passover lamb. And for the, for the tapestry around the Holy of Holies to rip open from top to bottom, don't need it anymore. Because the Holy Spirit's in you now. Yeah, wow. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. There is no judgment awaiting those who trust him. But those who do not trust him have already been judged. Why? For not believing in the only son of God. Their judgment is based on this fact. The light from heaven came into the world, but they loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. Bottom line here, I think there are some Christians who have a hard time forgiving themselves for something they've done in their past. That degrades the death of Christ. There's nothing, nothing you can't be forgiven for. So one of the questions 100 years ago, someone asked me, so you believe if at the last minute Hitler came to Christ, he would go to heaven? 
I said, absolutely. Difficult, but absolutely. There's not the really, really, really big sin, and not the little, little, not so big sin. There is no unpardonable. My sin's as bad as theirs. My anger sin, just as bad as theirs. Ah, wow, wow. Trusting Christ is just that. Choosing to trust. Jesus is infinitely too big, too powerful, and too all-knowing for us to ever understand about him. It's all about trusting enough to follow him. And that's why that verse in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is so unbelievably important. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and bottom. Lean not to your own understanding. Because if you lean long enough, you will fall over. Lean not. And then it says, in all your ways, in all your decisions, in all your thinking, acknowledge him. And then what do you get? He will direct your path. Wow, that's all I want. I want you to direct my path every day, every day, every day, every day. And then, Lord, I'm going to be an observer. I'm going to look. I want to look. Look what you did. Look what you did. Just the little things. And watch them. 